0: hello and welcome to the money marketing podcast i'm kimberly dondo digital content manager and in the first weekend essay podcast of the year we have editor tom brown with his weekend essay on how luke littler can avoid the pitfalls of overnight success take it away tom
1: the last few weeks has seen one of the most remarkable spectacles in sporting history Luke Littler, an astonishingly precocious 16-year-old darts player from Warrington, stormed through to the PDC World Championship final at his very first attempt, thrashing seasoned professionals and ex-world champions along the way. Even though Littler ultimately failed to lift the title, understandable given he was facing the new world number one Luke Humphreys, himself on an 18-match winning streak, his runner-up spot still nets him £200,000, not to mention potential millions in future sponsorship deals. Predictably, the media coverage has been frenzied, with acres of breathless comment about Littler's post-match celebrations, either a kebab or a KFC, his mystery girlfriend, 21-year-old beauty consultant Eloise, and even some controversy. A photo of Littler holding aloft the Sun newspaper alongside his kebab didn't go down well in the notoriously anti-Sun Warrington. This overnight fame would be hard for any 16-year-old to deal with, but when combined with a sudden influx of cash, the potential pitfalls are obvious to see. Success, wealth and adulation are all very well. But, to borrow a title of a recent Bros documentary, what happens when the screaming stops? It's a dilemma that Anthony Hutton, winner of Channel 4's Big Brother in 2005, has struggled with himself. I was just a young, working-class lad from the North East who was thrust onto the biggest TV show in the UK, he recalls was a huge pedestal. Then, when I was announced as the winner, it was like a massive hit of euphoria. I came out to exploding fireworks and a crowd of people holding posts of me. The first person I met was Davina McCall. It was insane. Winning Big Brother scooped Hutton fifty thousand pounds in prize money, but that was just the beginning. The next day, I had about 70 agents on the phone, all trying to sign me up. Eventually, I picked one and within an hour I was being whisked off to a London mansion for a £200,000 photo shoot. Then, a couple of weeks later, I did a TV show called The Match, where I got the opportunity to play football in front of a capacity crowd in St James's Park. Basically, I was on cloud nine, but I soon realised there was a price to pay for that. As the opportunities and cash started to dry up, Hutton struggled to readjust to normality, and, in his words, spiralled into a dark place. It was only by reaching out to a mental health professional and re- relocating back to the Northeast that he was able to regain some kind of structure and momentum in his life. I wouldn't change anything because it's shaped the man I am today, says Hutton, who now runs a barber shop and a cocktail bar while advocating on behalf of men's mental health. But I would advise you Luke Littler to keep a tight circle around him because he's going to have lots of hangers-on who just want to share in his fame. I would also advise him to be sensible with his money and speak to a financial advisor. This last sentiment is certainly shared by Robin Melly, Managing Director of Matrix Capital Limited. Melly is the author of a consumer guide for the Financial Vulnerability Task Force, which recognizes that the acquisition of sudden wealth can lead to people finding themselves in uncharted territory and often left feeling overwhelmed or vulnerable, something the psychology Stephen Goldbart identifies as sudden wealth syndrome. Typically, there are three pieces of advice we give anyone that suddenly obtains a lot of money, says Melly. Firstly, Don't tell anyone. Obviously, that's going to be difficult in Luke's case. Secondly, put the money in a safe space, such such as a national savings and insurance account, and just leave it for a while. And finally, seek professional advice from somebody suitably qualified. Melly is keen to highlight the intangible problems that come with sudden wealth, particularly the strain it can put on pre-existing relationships. In the excitement of the moment, for example, a person might promise cash gifts to their loved ones only to backtrack after receiving country financial advice. Then there's the temptation to spend capital on big, expensive items. Quite a higher proportion of jackpot winners go bankrupt within five years, Mully points out. If you buy yourself a five million house, it's going to cost you maybe a hundred grand a year to maintain it. A flashy car also costs loads to run. Then, instead of investing the rest in capital to generate an income, these people often carry on draining it until it runs out. Instead... Melly urges recipients of Sudden Wealth to pause, reflect and engage in the financial planning process. A holistic approach to planning, he says, helps to broaden the conversation on concerns and aspirations and allows people to recognise the interplay between the different goals they might have, such as minimising tax, supporting family, protecting capital or generating a reliable income. Such considerations, says Melly, come naturally to clients who have accumulated wealth over a long period of time through building up businesses the kind of people who understand the ups and downs of the markets and the importance of long-term planning. Adam Osper of Eland Partners, who has worked with a number of elite sports people, agrees that getting young, talented stars to engage in the long term is crucial. If you are very successful, you could find yourself with a multi-million pound contract for maybe four years. That can fund a pretty lavish lifestyle, but 17, 18 and 19 is a very short period in the grand scheme of work and life. You need to educate them so they understand it's not going to last 20 years. I try to build proper plans for the sports people I work with. They've got relatively short careers, so how do they make the best use of that money when they finish? Of course, this doesn't mean that Luke's littler's success is some kind of curse, and there's always a danger of sounding like a party pooper. Oscar insists that he would never want to talk anybody out of enjoying themselves, and even Anthony Hutton advises littler to savour the moment. There's also clearly a difference between the career of a footballer, say, and the career of a darts player, which could last 30 or 40 years in Littler's case. This, in turn, is very different from the Big Brother experience a unique and extreme taste of fame, in Hutton's words. But probably the best advice for Littler is to apply the same attitude to money and success that he applies to his darts be prepared, be focused, and be professional.
0: Thanks, Tom, for the first weekend essay of the year. We do hope that you enjoyed it. Please do keep up to date with all our new releases via Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts from. You can also keep up to date with all our content published on the Money Marketing website, as well as our print edition Money Marketing magazine. So make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. See you next time.